The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. God is the protagonist of meaning in our lives. God is the protagonist of meaning in our lives. When we look at St. Paul, especially in that second reading, St. Paul was vividly aware of the amazing gifts we have received from God in Jesus Christ. He never forgot about them, which is one reason he was always so energetic and creative. He reminds the Corinthians of some of these gifts, hoping that the reminder will help end their petty conflicts. Two of Paul's favorite gifts are wisdom and righteousness. The first, he writes, that Christ has become for us wisdom from God. Amen? Amen? Wisdom in this context means knowledge of the art of living. Knowledge of the art of living. Knowing and following Jesus teaches us how to make good decisions and to follow through with them. Christ's teaching and example are for us like a treasure map, tracing the path to lasting and meaningful happiness. Yet Jesus is much better than a treasure map 
or a book, or even a list of the top 10 ways to achieve happiness. Jesus is a person. Jesus is alive. The wisdom he brings is living wisdom. The living wisdom personalized to our needs and are unique to us. It's like having a treasure map or a compass or a guide all in one, helping us to make the right decision at every fork in the road. Amen? Oh, you're still with me, not bad. Now, secondly, Jesus is also righteousness. By this word, St. Paul always means a right relationship with God. And only a right relationship with God can give us true peace of mind. Yet ever since original sin, when our first parents ruptured this relationship, that peace has escaped us. Jesus as both God and man, reconciled and reestablished the possibility of a right relationship with our Creator. He is the great peacemaker and the Prince of Peace. No one can be completely happy if they're estranged from close family members. It's just like a wound that will not heal. Yet God is much, much more. He is much more for us than a close family member. God is our creator and we owe him everything. When someone is estranged from God through ignorance, carelessness, or sin, it is a much deeper wound. Jesus healed that wound. In him, this relationship has been rebuilt if we choose to accept him. Amen? Wisdom and righteousness, these are the two most valuable gifts we have received. And if we have received them, just because God has loved us, and brought us into his family, when we think about all the rivalries and petty jealousies, they just fade away. When St. Paul wrote his first letter to the Corinthians, the Christians there were starting to divide themselves into opposing camps. They were beginning to act as if some of them had found a better formula 
were following Jesus than others. This was causing things like envy, jealousy, anger, divisions, backbiting, everything that is exactly contrary to true Christianity. So St. Paul's main goal in this letter that we have today in our liturgy is to put an end to that evil trend before it goes too far and causes too much damage. In the passage that we just heard this morning, St. Paul points out something obvious yet essential. It was so obvious that the Corinthians were overlooking it, as we also tend to do. Yet it was so essential that it comes up in almost every one of St. Paul's letters. He reminds them that Christianity is primarily about what God has done and wants to do for us. Not what we can do for God or even for ourselves. St. Paul reminds us that the hope, forgiveness, and spiritual strength that they have found in Jesus are not a product of human effort. Rather, it is a gift from God. It is a grace. As a result, it is ridiculous for them to start dividing up into groups, opposing groups, as if one group could concoct a more potent Christianity than another group. All that we most desire we receive from Jesus Christ and not from ourselves. It is through God's gift that St. Paul writes that we are in Christ Jesus. And it is Jesus who has brought us the new life of substantial hope and meaning. These are things that we enjoy. So in other words, God is the protagonist of meaning in our lives. And that means we are dependent on God, not on ourselves. Keeping this in mind is what it means to be poor in spirit a virtue so beautifully praised in both Matthew's Gospel that we have this morning and as well in the Psalm. Now, how do we take all of this, apply it and integrate it to each of our lives? Well, today God is giving us a chance 
to look calmly at our own lives, to see if maybe there is some divisions, rivalries, or jealousies that have made their way into our hearts, but also that they made their way into our faith communities. As they, and as they had begun to seep into the community of Christians in Corinth. This Bible passage that we have been reflecting on, uh, excuse me, that we've been reflecting on is really meant for each one of us. Amen? When we read the sacred scriptures, when we read the Bible, especially during Mass, it's not like reading any other book or old book of philosophy or history. The Bible, the Holy Scriptures, is the living Word of God. It is inspired by God, who knows each of us, each one of us in this church, including myself, knows us through and through, and always has something to say to us, both here in Mass and at home when we read God's Word. God is always speaking to us. It is almost like a sacrament, transmitting God's own truth, presence, and grace. There is nothing the devil, the evil one, would like more than for us to ignore the living word of God. The devil would love it if we go out those doors and we forget what God has spoken to us. And we just start to live like anybody else out there. He wants his word to change us. He wants his word to make us better. But we have to listen to it. Because there is nothing more pleasing to God than if we really listen to his word, really take it to heart, and whatever has stirred up in our souls, even today, this morning, let it change our lives. When we come through those doors, we're one way. When we leave those doors, we need to be changed. God makes us better. And we have something to say to the world. We have something to show to the world. Not in a showy way, but as a powerful witness. Because know this, none of us in this church, and I include myself, None of us are perfect. 
None of us. Amen? So I want to encourage you every day, we all need to lift our eyes to Jesus Christ. With our wisdom, our righteousness, our sanctification, our redemption, to be encouraged and purified by God's love for us and to live lives worthy of that love. So when we come to Mass, we need to be changed in powerful ways. So today, when Jesus comes to us again in the Holy Eucharist, let's thank him for his gifts. And let's promise that this week we will be the Beatitudes, that we will be peacemakers, resolving any conflicts or rivalries in our lives that may be displeasing to him. If we do, if, if we promise to do our part, we can be sure that God will give us the strength to follow through with that promise. We can do this. We can do it in our own lives, and we can do it in the life of our community. The question that we need to ask ourselves each day, and as we leave church today, do we trust God? Do we trust his promise? Do we trust in the living word of God? Amen?